Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. may be seated. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We heard from our Old Testament reading from the prophet Joel, who talked about the days of captivity. He spoke in the times of captivity, namely that captivity in Babylon to those of Judah and Jerusalem. He spoke of what happens when people live apart from faith in God. When they put their fear, love, and trust in anyone or anything that is not God the Father, Son, and Spirit, what happens? Well, something else or someone else takes their place. Other gods. Other idols. It might be their comfortable way of life. It might be their, their wealth or their prosperity. Or it might be the gods of old, the mythological ones, the Astra and the Baals, the old gods of the land of Canaan. These gods, whatever they might be, or whoever they might be, can come by many names and in many shapes and sizes. But the key is that when fear, love, and trust, even a little bit, is put in them and not in God, that God will do what it takes with intentionality to repent you to turn your heart back to him so that you once again have no other gods. Fear, love, and trust in him alone. That's the reason why God's people were in slavery, why they were in bondage, why they were captive in Babylon. Not because God hated them or he wanted them to suffer or make their life miserable, but that they would repent and trust in him again for their every good. Namely, for the gift of forgiveness, which he had attached to the sanctuary of God, to the temple, to those sacrifices and rituals, all of which were a foreshadowing or a type of the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, and the forgiveness that he gives. So he promised by way of Joel that he would bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem and gather with them all nations and bring them down into the valley and bring them into judgment. Judgment for their sin, for what they had done. The way that they had been scattered because of their rebellion against God, just as in days of old in Babel, and had divided up the lands. And that they had rebelled against even their own nature, the way that they had, just for a drink, sold their daughter, or even for a harlot had sold their son. It's quite a judgment that God brings upon them. And maybe it seems harsh to us that God would reveal all the sins, even the secret ones, the ones that we think that we get away with, but that is the God we have. Because our sins, our rebellion, 
against God. And the idol that we all have, that we all worship, is the idol that resides in our own heart, our own flesh. All sin is selfishness. When we are selfish, when we live for ourselves, we are living in rebellion to God. He would have us put our trust in Him, that we would look to Him for every good in this life. Of course, in these days, as we are looking forward, or maybe not quite looking forward to, but looking with dread towards days to come when the things that we put our trust in, like our retirement accounts, may not be worth what they were before. And even if they do retain some value, the things that we need for our body and life will cost far more due to the extraordinarily bad monetary policy of our country. Well, we'll find out if we really did trust those things to be there for us in times of need. And God will repent us again and lead us to look to him for every good of body and life, to trust that he will provide, maybe not in the quantity or in the quality that we once were afforded, but he will provide as he has for his people throughout all time. God is constantly at work in our hearts as he was with his people who were in exile in Babylon as captives to repent us, to change our hearts, to restore us. St. Paul tells us exactly how this goes about. We receive adoption as sons, adoption by way of holy baptism. And in baptism, we receive the Spirit of God who cries out in our hearts and says, Abba, Father. That is, it is this Holy Spirit who is given to us in our baptism that repents us, is the breath of God that changes our heart, restores it anew, and calls us to cry out as dear children again to Father in time of need, Abba. That Spirit constantly bearing witness in our hearts that we are children of God, but not by our own works, not by our own doing, but rather we are children of God by His holy giving. As He has made us anew in baptism, He has joined us to His Son, Jesus, And having been joined to his son Jesus, everything that is Jesus's is ours. As God provides for his son, he provides for us. As he promises an inheritance, a royal kingdom for his son, he has promised for us too to be sons and daughters of the king in that royal kingdom. We look forward to this glorification together with Christ, which will happen for us on the last day. It's not something that we can see. It's not something that we often experience. As a matter of fact, just as God's people in days of old in Babylon experienced, the things that happen to us in our life seem to contradict the promise of God, that we are his children, that he does love us, that he does care for us, and that he's working all things together for our good and for the good of those who love him. So how is it that we come to know? How is it that we come to believe such an extraordinary thing, even in the face of our experiences, our suffering, our misery, our grief, our lack. We come to believe as the Spirit works in our heart. But not as the burning of the bosom, as some would say, but rather as the Spirit works through the Word, Jesus proclaimed into our ears, creating faith, trust in God again, restoring what was once broken, casting down every idol from its throne. 
So it is the Spirit of, of the truth who bears witness, not to himself, but rather to Jesus. And as he points to Jesus, he actually tells us how it is that we can have confidence to face the days ahead. As we look maybe with dread for our economic condition, what, what might the Spirit say to us? Well, Jesus tells us, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now what commandments is, are, are you talking about here? What is he speaking of? Is he talking about following the Ten Commandments, as you've heard? Actually not in the context of John 14, our Gospel for today. He's talking about his holy institutions. He's talking about being faithful to the gifts that he has established for his church. Those gifts of the congregation itself, the office of the ministry which he has set up. That office given so that you may hear his word, that you may keep it, treasure it, hold it sacred in your heart. That you would hear teaching, be instructed, and to navigate those scriptures together, plumbing their depths, discovering all their treasures. To hear that word of forgiveness proclaimed upon your head, to hear again that your baptism is yours and that God has promised to never leave you or forsake you. And of course, to receive the institution of his body and blood, which he has set up by his holy word on the night he was betrayed. Those are the commandments that he would have you keep. And in keeping them, you receive him. And as you receive Jesus in his word, the Spirit works faith, trust in your hearts again to repent you, to change your hearts, and to restore you to the life of faith, a life which he has established, which he has set forward, a life that must continue day after day, and it's thereby in that life, in those commandments, that you both receive the love of Jesus, and having received the love of Jesus, you receive the love of the Father, having your sins forgiven, having the promise of eternal life over and over repeated to you, and knowing that no matter what happens to you in this life, Jesus is with you. He never leaves you behind. You are never an orphan. So it is that God is moving heaven and earth. He's moving all things, even moving his very breath by way of his word, his son Jesus, to restore you to faith and to keep you in the faith today and always. May God grant it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.